millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to episode number 32 of the Scottish History Podcast. My name is Owen Innes and I would like to welcome you to this sort of tribute episode. Uh, as yesterday, 31st of October 2020, we learned of the death of the great Scottish actor, Sir Sean Connery. So this week I'm going to be bringing you a little tribute to him and then also at the end of the episode be recommending some Scottish television programmes and films uh, that if you've not seen before that I highly recommend. So come along for the ride. Here we go. So Sir Thomas Sean Connery was born in Edinburgh in the area known as Fountain Bridge on the 25th of August in 1930. Although his first given name was Thomas, he was referred to as Sean from quite early on in his life, but not from when he began acting. He was either called Sean, Tommy or Big Tam. Big Tam came about in his early teens as by aged 12 or so he stood over 6 foot two inches tall. Connery's first job as a youngster was as a milkman, much like myself, uh, and he was a milkman for his local cooperative. He later recounted in 2009 that during a taxi ride to a film festival happening in Edinburgh that he surprised the taxi driver with his local street knowledge, telling the driver he used to deliver milk in the streets they were passing. The driver then asked, what he did now. In 1946, at aged 16, Connery joined the Royal Navy but was discharged at the age of 19 due to a duodenal, I believe that's how you say it, a duodenal ulcer. He then worked back at the co-op, moving on to become a lorry driver, a lifeguard, a labourer, a life model and then also a coffin polisher. Connery was a bodybuilder from aged 18 and according to his official website he placed third in the 1950s Mr Universe competition. He gave that up as he was unwilling to build up his muscle mass to compete with the American competitors. 
Connery enjoyed playing football and played regularly for what is now my local team, Bonnie Rig Rose. I was surprised to find that out. He was offered a pro contract with Manchester United, but turned it down to focus on acting. Connery first worked in the theatres as a stagehand at the King's Theatre in Edinburgh in about 1951. He then moved on to become an understudy in London in the play South Pacific, when the following year he was promoted to the role of Lieutenant Buzz Adams, a role previously played by Larry Hagman. He continued to act in theatre until 1957 when he hired an agent who began to get him work in the movies. And in 1962 he received his breakthrough role portraying Ian Fleming's James Bond in Doctor No. Fleming did not actually want Connery to play his character 007 but relented after how well the film was received at the film's premiere. Fleming even embraced Connery's heritage into his 1964 novel You Only Live Twice, stating that Bond's father was a Scot and was from Glencoe in the Highlands of Scotland. Connery went on to appear in a total of seven Bond films. In 1962 he appeared in Dr No, in 1963 From Russia With Love, 1964 one of my personal favourites is Goldfinger, in 1965, Thunderball, and then 1967, You Only Live Twice. These five were consecutive. He then later returned in 1971 with the film Diamonds Are Forever, and then later on in 1983 with the film Never Say Never Again. The film Never Say Never Again's title was penned due to Connery vowing to never again play Bond after... Diamonds Are Forever, and this was actually at the suggestion of his wife, Michelin. And she is even credited at the end of the movie for her input. During his time playing Bond, he did state that he hated the character and chose his roles wisely from there on in to ensure he would not be typecast as a spy. So to keep this episode a little bit more relevant, I do of course have to mention the 1986 film Highlander. Now personally, I don't really like this film due to not being a particular fan of uh, proper science fiction kind of style films. I just It's just not my type of thing. But what I will say about the film is to make a film about a Highlander set in Scotland and then filmed partly in Scotland, then to have the lead played by a Frenchman, uh, Christopher Lambert, or Christophe Lambert, and then get Sean Connery to appear in the film, bearing in mind Sean Connery himself is Scottish, so you think, mm-hmm, okay, I see where they're going here. He plays a character called Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez, an Egyptian who's come via Japan and Spain. I mean, who on earth thought that yeah, that's a great idea. Despite my feelings on the film, however, many people love it, and if you're one of them, fair play to you. It's just your type of film. It's just not my type of film. The entire soundtrack as well, I believe, was done by Queen, which is uh, pretty awesome. Uh, bring back the days when films had actual soundtracks rather than Cardi B all over them or whoever's doing films these days. 
1989, he then starred in the Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, earning a BAFTA and Golden Globe nominations. He also appeared in The Hunt for Red October in 1990, playing a Russian submarine commander with his trademark Scottish accent. Something which, every time I watch that film, I think is absolutely hilarious. Fantastic film if you've not seen it. A personal favourite, another personal favourite movie of Sean Connery's for me is 1996's film The Rock. And that's purely due to my, not obsession, but, you know, I'm, I, I would really like to go and see Alcatraz Prison. So any film that involves Alcatraz Prison, I tend to be uh, right there with it. Um, so yeah, yeah, I really enjoy learning more about uh, that, that sort of place, so. Very entertaining film, once again, if you've never seen it. Now, what I did find interesting is that Connery did turn down the roles of the architect in the Matrix franchise, and then he turned down Gandalf in the Lord and the Rings trilogy, due to, on both counts, not understanding the scripts. Now, had he accepted the role of Gandalf, he would have bagged himself a very cool four hundred and fifty million dollars that's a lot of rounds of golf in 2006 upon receiving the afi or the american film institution's lifetime achievement award sean connery confirmed his retirement from acting he briefly came back to voice I think a character in a video game and also a character in an animated series or an animated film. Uh, But aside from that, he rarely ever appeared on the screen uh, ever again. Sean Connery was knighted in the year 2000 at Holyrood Palace in Edinburgh. But he had been previously nominated in 1997 and in 1998. However, the nominations were reportedly vetoed by the then First Minister for Scotland, Donald Dewar. Now, Donald Dewar was a Scottish Labour politician, and he was also, I believe, a unionist. However, Connery, on the other hand, uh, was a big supporter, and even um, a he even donated as well to the Scottish National Party, or the SNP, who strongly support independence for Scotland from the Union. It is believed that Dewar's vetoes were political. And then finally, as I mentioned right at the beginning in the intro to this podcast, the news broke on the 31st of October 2020 that Sir Sean Connery had passed away in his sleep after what could be described as a lengthy illness. Now, Sean Connery is undoubtedly one, if not the greatest Scottish actor of all time and I would just like to say rest in peace Sir Sean Connery you've brought a lot of us around the world some amazing films some amazing uh, roles so just thank you very much for that so obviously this week the podcast was a little bit cobbled together so uh, I had to put it together quite quickly Uh, of course to sort of fit it in and keep it relevant so what I'm going to do to sort of end out this podcast is sort of more of a 
chatting away about some Scottish films and Scottish TV programs that I would recommend to you. I'll start off with the Scottish TV programs. I'm not going to lie, they are mostly comedy programs rather than sort of dramas and things like that. It was just ones that kind of came into the, the top of my head. So, uh, First of all, for television, we've got to start off with a great show called Still Game. Still Game is a comedy sitcom, um, I should say, uh, about uh, a bunch of pensioners who live just outside Glasgow in a fictitious town called Craig Lang. Um, I highly recommend it, especially if you're in the UK. It should be available on Netflix, I believe. If you're outside of the UK, you can pick it up on Amazon, um, on DVD and things like that. Um, the earlier episodes are more geared towards a Scottish accent, uh, sorry, a Scottish accent, yes, but uh, more geared towards a Scottish audience. And then as it goes on, uh, the accents become a little bit clearer to understand. The more that you watch of it, the more that you'll understand of it. Uh, and I think it's one of the greatest Scottish TV, certainly comedies uh, of all time. Uh, before I forget, um, I also want to mention one that's currently on as well, and it's called Two Doors Down. That is very, very funny as well. Another one to recommend, I believe, again, that it may be on Netflix in the UK at the moment, is Burniston, um, which is a sort of comedy sketch show. Very, very funny. Um, yeah, yeah, so, so very good. Very, very good. I can't recommend it enough. Uh, another one is Limmy's show, uh, or even just look up Limmy on YouTube. He was just one of these guys who started off, I believe he was one of the first people as well to ever start a podcast when podcasts first uh, sort of exploded in the sort of late 90s and early 2000s. Uh, Lemmy's a Glaswegian man, he talks in a Glaswegian accent, uh, so some people might find it a bit difficult to understand, but he is utterly, utterly hilarious, and it's he's more based on a surreal kind of comedy, uh, so again, some people like it and some people don't, but I highly recommend that you go and check out Lemmy's show. He does a lot of Twitch streaming now, so I think it's uh, twitch.tv forward slash Limmy, which is L-I-M-M-Y. Uh, he is very, very funny. Um, so good. Uh, then we move on to another sort of uh, sketch show. It's Chewing the Fat. Chewing the Fat was uh, where the characters for Still Game, the first sitcom that I mentioned, the characters evolved from Chewing the Fat. Uh, so Chewing the Fat was was written by the two guys that created Still Game. Uh, however, also written by the two guys that created Burniston as well. So it's all very similar, all kind of interlinks with each other. And uh, once again, Chewing the Fat, absolutely hilarious. Uh, and then a series which I've just finished watching on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's free at the moment on Amazon Prime if you've have if you've got an Amazon subscription. It's the television series Hamish Macbeth. Um, I remember loving it when I was a kid. I didn't remember anything about it, so I started watching it again last week, and I've now finished it, and it's utterly, utterly brilliant. Uh, so once again, if you've never seen Hamish Macbeth, get watching it. Uh, the accents can be a little bit difficult to listen to. Uh, once again, if you're not very familiar with the 
um, with the accents of the sort of West Highlands of Scotland as well. It was filmed and uh, it was filmed on the mainland of Scotland in a place called Plockton, uh, but Plockton is right across the water from the Isle of Skye, um, so it's right on the west coast uh, of Scotland. So some of the accents um, are a little hammed up. Uh, for Scottish audiences, but I uh, will say this, subtitles were available on that particular show. Um, so that's TV. I will uh, go and recommend a book uh, or a book series as well. Uh, there's a fantastic Scottish crime writer by the name of Ian Rankin. I highly recommend his uh, John Rebus series of books. He's, I think the first John Rebus book came out in 1987 or something like that. Um, so they're about the same age as me. And they are fantastic. So if you like crime, uh, the first, I think I think it's three Rebus books are set in, a, or they're all set in Edinburgh. And, and then later on, they kind of branch out into different areas of Scotland. Uh, but majority they're set in Edinburgh, um, and I believe the first two or three books are set in a more fictitious version of Edinburgh, and then Ian Rankin found it too difficult to keep track of where his fictitious Edinburgh was, and then just basically wrote it into real um, modern-day Edinburgh. So I highly recommend that. Uh, there's also a TV series called Rebus as well. There's two different series of it. One uh, has a guy called Ken Stott playing uh, John Rebus, who, in my opinion, is is the better of the two. And the other guy was John Hanna. Um, they are all really, really good. There's nothing bad about them. John Hanna's just too young to be John Rebus, in my opinion. But Again, highly, highly recommend the John Rebus books. You can get them, again, on the Kindle or you can get the um, hardback uh, or a hard copy. Um, the most recent book, I've only just started it, um, is called A Song for the Dark Times. Um, it started off quite good, so I'm going to finish or read a wee bit more of that once I'm finished this podcast. So there's some TV and some book, or a book, I should say. Um, in terms of history books, um, I might do a whole podcast on that, or maybe I'll do that in a sort of live or Q&A sort of thing. Um, that's one thing that I will ask folks, is if you do have any questions uh, for things like that, and if you would fancy a sort of a live question and answer sort of session, or even just a question and answer podcast, or a question and answer video, Please send through some questions and I will answer them for you. You can ask me literally anything. It doesn't need to be about the podcast. It doesn't need to be about Scottish history. It could be literally about anything. If you go a bit too close to the bone, I will just insult you back. Simple as that. And then we're all fair and square. So we'll move on to the movies. Uh, so, of course, a few of these I probably have mentioned in the podcast before. The first one, we'll start off with the most obvious one, probably the reason why a lot of people uh, come to the podcast or came to the podcast in the beginning was Braveheart. So the film Braveheart, do I classify that as a Scottish film? Yes, because it's about Scottish history or it's based on Scottish history. Is it a good film? Yes. Is it historically accurate? No. Uh, so if you're looking for a historically accurate film, you're not going to get that. Um, I did a whole episode, I think it was episode 15, about all of the historical accuracies that I could personally find in the film. Uh, so you can head back and listen to that. But 
yeah, Braveheart it is a fantastic piece of cinema. Um, some of uh, there's some groundbreaking special effects in that film. It's worth watching again and again and again and again. Uh, so I do recommend it. So of course we'll start with 1995's Braveheart. Then we'll move on to another film released in 1995 that I've mentioned before, Rob Roy. Uh, Liam Neeson, of course, that very famous Scottish actor, the Irish actor Liam Neeson playing the Highland rogue Rob Roy. Um, From what I can understand, the story of Rob Roy depicted in the film is pretty much verbatim to the stories which we have of Rob Roy. So um, there will be a little bit of historical inaccuracy in there. However, uh, again, very good film. It's a film that I never even actually saw up until recently. uh, And I've got no idea why. Uh, But uh, Rob Roy, I highly, highly suggest that. Another one that we talked about, uh, it was just earlier on in this podcast. Of course, Highlander. Uh, Is it worth watching? Yeah, probably. Um, You don't know if it's going to be your type of film until you've watched it. Would I watch it again? Probably not. But that's just my opinion. Um, some people just enjoy those sorts of films. So, uh, Highlander, of course, there can be only one, etc., etc., etc. So, another film. Um, these ones are maybe made a little while ago as well, maybe not quite so recently. So, the first one would be Restless Natives. Uh, Restless Natives is a comedy about two guys who live down in Edinburgh or Glasgow, I can't remember. And they travel up into the Highlands to rob all of the tour buses uh, that were going up there. So there's a lot of uh, Highland scenery uh, up towards Glencoe, etc. It's very, very funny. Um, And uh, you actually, I'm not going to ruin the plot of the film um, actually in saying that. So I will just finish that there. So Restless Natives, very good film. I haven't seen it on Amazon or Netflix or anything, but Again, I managed to get it on DVD off of off of Amazon itself for like two pounds or something like that. So, another film, of course, Whiskey Galore, based on a book. Very good, very funny. Uh, then the horror film, The Wicker Man. Um, the film itself ended up uh, spawning a festival every year. There's the Wicker Man Music Festival down in the Borders. I think it's in Dumfriesshire, maybe. Uh, but The Wicker Man, uh, personally I've never seen it but it comes highly recommended I am going to get around to watching it at some point uh, but it is a very highly rated Scottish film along with Gregory's Girl Gregory's Girl is another one of those films that um, I remember watching when I was a kid and I remember enjoying so uh, that's another sort of good one uh, then we kind of move on to sort of three or four films that have a sort of similar theme to them in a way uh, in terms of the first one was called Shallow Grave and Shallow Grave was the first film by the director Danny Boyle Danny Boyle went on to uh, direct the 28 Days Later kind of franchise 28 Days Later, 28 Weeks Later etc Um, he also choreographed or directed the 2012 London Olympics as well or something like that Uh, but that was his first film and it was also the first film in which Ewan McGregor had a starring role in the film it's a black comedy about three people three roommates who basically take in a fourth roommate and the fourth roommate ends ends up dying 
and um, all of the hilarity, etc., that ensues from there. So, um, quite dark, but very funny. Uh, I really enjoyed it. So, shallow grave. Then we have filth. Uh, so, the next three films I'm going to recommend are all adaptations of books by the same author. Uh, the author is Irvin Welsh. Now, Irvin Welsh is a, a great writer once again. I've read all three of these books and I enjoyed them immensely. Uh, so the first one is Filth. That's with James McAvoy. Very good. Then, of course, Train Spotting. Now, Train Spotting was uh, a very highly regarded film that came out in uh, 1994, I think it was. Um, bit of an indie film Danny Boyle's second ever film Ewan McGregor again in the lead role um, the film is fantastic but the book is even better so if you can get your hands on a copy of Train Spotting by Irvin Welsh on a, on the Kindle or by the book or whatever I do recommend it what I will say about Irvin Welsh's writing style is that it's easier to read the book phonetically rather than trying to read some of the words so so basically it's a lot of the a lot of the conversations are written in a scottish vernacular so it's actually easier to understand it if you read it out to yourself because it it, it i had to do that in order to understand a lot of the book i it, it took me a, a good you know it would take me a good like five minutes just to read one page because i had to keep reading over it at times um i'm not making this sound very attractive to anybody but it is a great fantastic book it's a great movie but i do recommend the book the book delves into a lot more characters and stuff like that and uh, the characters that do appear in the movie but it is much better to obviously see how things go um the other film is of course train spotting 2 or t2 which i was surprised to find out so t2 most people would know as terminator 2 uh, danny boyle actually got the permission from James Cameron, um, who directed Terminator 2, to use the term T2 for Train Spotting 2. Um, just a useless piece of information there. That's based on the Irvin Welsh book Porno. Uh, again, very good film. Uh, that only came out a few years ago as well. So I highly recommend that. If you're more into your light hearted kind of romantic comedies, um, I kind of enjoyed uh, the film Maid of Honour. Uh, which again is set in Scotland. Um, it's it's inoffensive, you know. It's worth watching if there's nothing else on the TV. Um, I do recommend that. Um, so, Maid of Honor is another one worth watching. And then we have, in a way, a kind of a controversial two. Uh, we have two films that came out uh, in the same year. I think it was 2018. It might even have been 2019, actually. Two films about the same man. Robert the Bruce. So we have the first film which I'll mention, I'll just mention, is called Robert the Bruce. Angus McFadgen reprising his role from Braveheart as Robert the Bruce. This film is simply awful. Do not bother. It is terrible. I implore you not to waste your time on that film. Uh, it is absolutely woeful. Please don't do it to yourself. Um, you can if you want, but I'm trying to save you two and a half hours of your life or however long that film was. I don't really remember 
how long it was, but it was way too long. A load of absolute nonsense. Let's just leave that there. The other film about Robert the Bruce I would have mentioned in a previous episode is The Outlaw King. Now, The Outlaw King features a non-Scot playing the lead role and then a non-Scot playing the kind of the second lead role of um, James Douglas. So Robert the Bruce is played by Chris Pine from Star Trek and all that. And um, James Douglas is played by the guy that plays Kick-Ass. I can never remember his name. I think it's Aaron something. Um, he's English. So you got an American playing a Scot and then an English person playing a Scot as the kind of two main roles. But that doesn't really matter because I think the film is fantastic. The film should have been a trilogy, personally. It, it ends too kind of abruptly the fight scene at uh, the battle of loudon hill which is the battle depicted in the film is utterly fantastic and i really hope that netflix come back around and decide to do at least another one part and potentially another two parts to the film uh, because it is amazing i really really enjoyed it so if you haven't seen the outlaw king that's a netflix um, exclusive film so it is on netflix and it's still available on netflix Robert the Bruce was an independent film, so um, it's not going to be hard to find. It was on Sky uh, here in the UK, but again, I wouldn't bother looking for it. So, to recap, uh, television programs that I recommend, we've got Still Game, Burniston, Lemmy Show, Chewing the Fat and Hamish Macbeth, uh, along with uh, Two Doors Down I mentioned, maybe even Rab C. Nesbitt would be a good one to mention too. Uh, I mentioned Ian Rankin, the author. Go and check out his books, uh, the Rebus series, and check out, of course, Irvin Welsh's books, uh, Filth, Train Spotting, and um, Porno is the name of the so Terminator, uh, Terminator Two, Train Spotting Two. Uh, the book itself was called Porno, and um, he's got another one called The Acid House as well, which is a very, very, very good read. Um, I do recommend that too. Um, so in, in terms of films, it was Braveheart, Rob Roy, Highlander, Restless Natives, Whiskey Galore, The Wicker Man, Gregory's Girl, Shallow Grave, Filth, Train Spotting, Train Spotting Two, or better known as T Two, Maid of Honor, and The Outlaw King. And whatever you do, don't watch Robert the Bruce. It's awful. So, folks, I think we'll finish that there. Thank you very much for listening once again. I hope uh, that this episode was okay. As I say, it's kind of all cobbled cobbled together last minute. Uh, But uh, I should hopefully have a proper history podcast again for you next week. Thank you all so much for your response to episode 31, which, of course, was about the Halloween uh, in conjunction with yon boys over at thistle do nicely podcast uh it was great fun to record it was great fun to put out to you guys um so again if you've not listened to that yet please head over there and listen to it i know it's over an hour long well it's ten it's two parts so you're talking about an hour and 40 minutes or so of content but it was a good laugh it was good fun to do um and i really hope that you enjoyed it uh so yep next week we should be returning back to our normal uh sort of scottish history uh programming in a way um but um 
just a few little things if you want to catch up with uh, if you want to keep up to date with everything that's going on um, go and like the Facebook page so that's facebook.com forward slash Scott History Pod um, Twitter is at Scott History Pod the Instagram is instagram.com forward slash Scott History Pod alternatively you can visit the official website which is www.scotthistorypod.com and all of the links in which you can possibly need are on there. So you can link to the Facebook, Twitter, etc. all from there. You can even listen to the podcast directly on the web player on that website also. And uh, just lastly as well, if you want to support the podcast in any way, you can uh, subscribe to be a patron through Patreon, which is at patreon.com forward slash scotthistorypod. And you can donate to anything between £1 and £3 per month just to help the podcast with the running costs. Of course, we now, of course, have a website as well, so that's added a little extra cost in there. But uh, aside from that, folks, let's leave that there. Take care of yourselves, and I'll speak to you again next week. Bye.